Welcome to the Lovability Podcast. My name is Jennifer Stiers, and I'm here with my sidekick, Brad. We're here to talk love and relationships, sex, marriage, and everything in between. Please make sure to tune in at the end of our podcast. We're going to do our Dear Jen segment, where one of our listeners asks a question, and I answer it for you online. Uh, I am Jennifer Stiers, and I'm here with my sidekick, Brad. What's up, everybody? Okay, Brad, we want you more excited today. Well, I will get excited. It's just these are serious topics we've been talking about last couple of weeks. So, uh, you know, I'm just kind okay. of toning down the um, the yuck monkey. That's okay. You know what? Sometimes it's necessary to talk about serious things in life. Absolutely. And I, I think the, our topic today is going to be narcissism. And uh, and this is affecting a lot of people. This is not, this is a, this is a big deal nowadays. I mean, I, I, well, think- I just told you I'm reading through the symptoms and I think I need to go see a doctor. Cause I'm like, <laughs> this is all you, like, doesn't everyone do this? Everyone no. does this. I think, you know, I, we're, we're, we're going to talk about the, the definition, but I do. I think the one thing that has, uh, that has happened is that the diagnosis of narcissism has gotten, um, every, everybody's a narcissist Very now, broad. and they're really not. But, uh, but I do think narcissism is growing, uh, because of social media and things like that, it's giving people an avenue and and a, a way for it to grow. So, um, but I have a couple in studio guests. Wanda Means, uh, she wrote the Shelf Life of a Secret. Hi, hey, Jen. Wanda, welcome back again. Thank you for having me. Well, you had spoken to me about uh, the effect of uh, the abuse and how it had led you into narciss- attracting narcissistic relationships into your life. Post-divorce, that's all I attract were narcissists. Yeah, and your mom was a narcissist, so we... Go figure. Yeah, yeah, of course, I know. So it's... Uh, they say you marry your daddy, but you, clearly you date your mother. <laughs> <laughs> uh, How does it work for I guys? Because now anyway. I'm like I'm feeling really weird right now. <laughs> so, uh, so we are going to talk. We're going to talk about your, you know, situation. And we've got a, a, a coach prime here today, Cinnamon Prime. And uh, Cinnamon is uh, she's my expert on narcissism. Uh, I think you got extra, even though your training is in neuroscience. You got extra training in narcissism by being in relationships with narcissists and yeah. um, being so close to them. And yeah. so firsthand knowledge, uh, we've had some discussions about it. We've had a lot on social media where we've gone back and forth. Uh, you're one of the most educated people I know on this subject. You really took your time after the last narcissist uh, you you were uh, involved with to really study this and um, and so I appreciate you bringing your expertise here to the table. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, interestingly enough, I narcissist. Let's talk about what the definition is, uh, and then kind of go from there. Let's start. Yeah, there. sure. Well, just to keep it very simple, narcissist and narcissism is just a word which means extremely self-focused, selfish, self-focused, and pretty much ambival- ambivalent to anybody and anybody else's needs, their life what's important to them. And there's different levels of narcissism. It's on a spectrum, right? And so toddlers are narcissists. I mean, please, you know, by nature, toddlers only care about what they want. Try to tell them no, they don't care. So we are born narcissists, in other words. (laughs) Yeah. So it goes all the way from benign to malignant. And we all have narcissistic traits because it's, it's in us to make everything about ourselves and take everything personally. Where it becomes a problem, which is pathological, is when that self-focus harms and hurts other people. 
And that's when it's a problem. And getting a diagnosis of narcissistic personality disorder is actually really rare because they won't go to a doctor because it's highly beneficial to be a narcissist. Yeah, and they're not going to believe anybody if they no. say that they are. No, right. and they do not want to change. It is, it is called a disorder for a reason. So there's a lot to that, but they are disordered, but they benefit from it. So is it curable? Like, a, is a malignant narcissist that curable? Is well, so there it go. It depends on the spectrum because you can have like it gets complicated. So you can go into borderline personality disorders. They're going to be narcissistic, but they respond to dialectical behavior therapy, and they oftentimes want to get better. And through having practice conversations can start to begin to understand how can I not make things about me and how can I start to make other people important and listen for that. Now, when you get- But are in, you changing the outer in that or is that actually changing the inner and the brain and the way you're, they're thinking? Well, like the borderlines are less on the narcissistic So they're changing spectrum, their behavior. Spectrum. And belief system. So this is a perception issue. The problem with a lot of people on wanting to change and heal narcissists is they don't understand that it is, when you hear a belief system, it is a problem at the perception, which is the highest level of operation in the brain via neuroscience. Your perceptions dictate your thoughts, your actions, your inactions, your beliefs, your automatic behavior, your reactions, and your responses. I wish people really got that. I mean, it is just to be able to slow that down and say, your perception is is how you're seeing the world, how well, you're yeah. seeing things. Yeah. Well, they lack they lack empathy towards others. Well, exactly. Well, yeah. but but even with a healthy person, yeah. I mean, let's just let's just take it at that. Perception is in the eye of the beholder, right? This is how yeah. we see the world mm -hmm. based on our own life circumstances and and beliefs. Yeah and values. Yeah. That's how we see something. So we could look at the same thing and see something completely different. Oh, everybody. Yeah. So what separates the narcissist then? So, um, so yeah. So like in my practice, we do to have a true mindset shift, you have to work at the level of perception. So I do that work with people and I call it context shifting. But as far as the narcissist, if you're a sociopath or a psychopath, you, you, they won't change, especially a psychopath. They, they cannot feel empathy. Those are big words. And I... I Who's I, a famous psychopath? Ted Bundy. Ted Bundy. Okay. Yeah. yeah. To put it in context. And, and again, you know, there's... there. You were talking about when we were talking in our podcast about um, uh, abuse, that that's a brain. If you looked at Ted Bundy's brain, oh, right. his brain is not built the same. It's no. not just his perception is different. That man is his brain, a psychopath's brain is completely To the day different. he died, he was still claiming he didn't understand what he did wrong. Oh, had the, he just didn't and, understand. And he was know, like, I don't get this. Part that of, blows my mind away. part of that, though, well, is with a, with a narcissist, it is the same thing. They, it's, it's, when you say lack empathy, they don't get it. They're in, unable, for the most part, to put themselves in somebody else's shoes to feel what they're feeling. And if they can do it, if they can do it for a second and then something flips in them and they're able to switch it out, they're able to, now it's blame. But let's know? unwrap, they, can we unwrap can. that a little bit? So, because yeah, I yeah. think we've all experienced, and Jen and I were talking about this on the way over, and I'm sure most of the listeners have experienced or done narcissistic behavior because we're all at some point Rats every now and then. Huh? 
No, I mean, like, uh, well, I mean, I've been told a lot of times, like, oh, you never listen. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever we, is, is it but, vanity? Is it confidence? It, it, is it that's narcissism? So folks, I mean, folks want like one answer and it's not. So narcissism can be a defense mechanism used by absolutely ordinary people. Silent treatment, gaslighting, blame shifting. Um, that doesn't mean you are a malignant narcissist. So that's why it's very important to understand, are you harming somebody? Are you jacking up their credit cards? Are you ripping off their business? Are you punching somebody in the face? Like that is where it gets dangerous. And that's what, like I said, sociopaths and psychopaths. Got it. But, yeah. but what about what about a situation? Give us a, let's get down to the nitty gritty about an actual situation or an example for folks to know about. So a verbal argument. There's a verbal argument in a relationship. Yep. And, you know, you always hear both parties do this. Well, you're just not listening and you just want it your way. Everything has to be done your way. That can be an interpretation. So, so we, we, one of the ways you'll know you're in a relationship with a narcissist is that it's ongoing and it's persistent and it's consistent. And we can all be little boogers and act like a jerk at home, right? But narcissists pathologically avoid responsibility. And when you catch them, say, listen, you promised you were going to pay that credit card bill. And what they'll do is they'll blame shift and they say, well, I didn't pay it because you're such a pain in the, you know what? You and if you were a better wife, I would want to. I got you. See, that, that's, what I, that's what I think people need to hear because yes. I think there's a lot of folks out there going, you're narcissist. No. And, and they're just being a pain in the ass at that right. point in time in the argument, right? right? But what you're talking about is almost pathological pattern behavior. Yes. In I, every I think, situation. I think the two words you used with when you said uh, pathological and sociopathic, those are big words. However, you know, the, you also used examples that, you know, it's only if you're harming somebody, you're doing credit card damage, you're doing da, da, da. But, you know, the emotional damage. There's psychological damage. I mean, that, the sociopathic, yes. That's you know. That's gaslight. Yeah, that those, that there's, there's more emotional damage from narcissism than anything. Yeah, that's right? actually... A, I agree. Yeah. I suffered from that. Yeah. Um, narcissistic abuse, like syndrome, is a real thing where the amygdala is um, damaged. It is actually... Um, what happens is the same thing with PTSD is that it grows, it gets bigger. So it's more hypervigilant. Um, but that psychological abuse, you know, a, a, a form of gaslighting, it comes from the movie Gaslight. And in that movie... He wanted to get the insurance money for his for his wife. So what the character in that movie did is he convinced this woman that, um, no, the, the gaslight's never been on, honey. She'd say, why is the gaslight off? What do you mean? And she'd say, well, but it, it's off. And he'd say, honey, it was never on. Yes, it was. No, honey, I'm really worried about you. Or he would move a lamp. Why did you move? And she would say, why did you move the lamp? And he'd say, that lamp has been there for 20 years, honey. I'm really so it's worried like about another you. level of manipulation. Very. And that's why narcissists are called crazy makers, because they have you doubt yourself and your own sanity. And you find yourself arguing with them, explaining to them, trying to convince them. Codependence and impasse will try to get their approval. And, and, the, and the self-worth of a person involved right. in a narcissistic relationship with a narcissist, there's their self-worth just diminishes over time because they start to believe it. Yes. They start to, even, even though they know on some level that it's not true and it's not them, 
they start to believe it so, and compensate. Right. And narcissists will attract codependence. Um, there's a book called The Human Magnet Syndrome that outlines this really well. But um, they will attract people who want and need and seek approval because narcissists will elevate you and love bomb you and idealize you. Then they will flip on you and degrade you and bring you down. Love bomb. There's a word. Yeah. Love bombing. Yeah. Love we bombing's were, big. Yeah. Uh, love addicts and love bombing. I think, uh, I think that is a great segue. I mean, for people that are in relationships with narcissists, I think that's a great way to uh, something to talk about. So how do people, you know, we, people need to recognize when it's, when it is a symptom of narcissism, when it is love bombing. I just threw that term out on social media not too long ago. And people really, I mean, some people recognize it because they've been in it, but a lot of people don't even know what it is. I was just about to say, Brad's raising his hand. What the hell is, is a love bomb? It is a bomb. So um, one of the things that I talk to people about is... Too many acronyms and stuff out there. <laughs> too many little clever things. That... Well, one of the ways, you know, any if you want to back up and make sure, I want to have a good life. People want peace of mind. They want a good life. They want to find love. They want to find safety. So you need to be strategic and look at what's out there. So narcissists are predictable. Okay. It is a predictable disorder. So if I were to say diabetes is pretty predictable, your pancreas is not producing enough insulin. And if you drink a bunch of sugar, your blood sugar is going to go up and you're going to have specific symptoms. That makes sense. Narcissists are the same way. It is so funny because they think they're these unique, magnificent butterflies and they're so different. Absolutely not. They're predictable. So when you're going to date one, what they'll do is they will love bomb you. They will bomb you with love. They'll send you a lot of text messages. I've been thinking about you all day. You're magnificent. I want to marry you. Within a month, they'll be in love with you. They want to move in with you. They want you to be their wife or their husband. And you find yourself, it, it, they literally shock your brain with love. And you find yourself like, is this real? Oh, my God. And the men and women that want to live in a fantasy land, like, oh, my knight in shining armor. They'll play right into that. And they bombard your brain with dopamine and oxytocin. And they know exactly where who to, who to target. Yes. And they're getting their fix so they're, as well. When you say that, they know exactly who they target. So you're saying this behavior is calculated. When they, when they're, it's when they, because I've done that. I've done the nice things and the texting and all that, but it's not, I'm not thinking, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to snag her Some and then I'm going to. So, I mean, like, is it calculated? Like Some of them, if they're intelligent. So there's a difference, like psychopaths are highly intelligent. And there are something like Sam Bankin is a narcissist that has a really good YouTube channel. And he will call some narcissists intelligent and some of them um, unintelligent. Some of the unintelligent ones just do this off of instinct. Other ones know exactly what they're doing and they're calculating. Well, let's talk about the average one because there are the, we can keep talking about the psychopath and the sociopath. And, and I think that the sociopath one tends to have, there's more of the average narcissist that has sociopathic tendencies than mm -hmm. let's just keep the psychopath out of it. So the everyday narcissist. All yeah. Right. Yeah. I think that's important. And the yeah. love bombing, which again is, is important because people need to recognize like that thing. If, if they, like I have people that. Uh, I had a girl, actually, one of my clients went on a date with somebody and she was telling me about it. And before they went on the date, he he was uh, sending her like little memes and stuff. And on their first date, he brought her a gift. He had already written out. He brought her a card and had already written out on the card 
what a connection he felt toward her. And I mean, it was, it was so, it was so unbelievably love bombing. I couldn't even believe it. And, and of course she's hooked. So she's like, wow, this guy really feels Mm -hmm. so strongly for me. He sees me. He appreciates me. All my, yeah, all that stuff. I've been looking for you and waiting for you all my life. Uh And then, yeah, but, but all the while he's just getting his fix. So he feeds off her energy of all of all of that the recognition so he's getting, right he's yeah. getting hit the attention yep right he's getting the recognition and that's that's, that's called where, narcissist supply yeah. Yeah. they love attention of any kind so they so, so how do you cut off that narcissist supply well, i was wondering how, how do you know <laughs> he's not be, how do you know be, there's steps right like how do you know but he's I, not just I a think, nice guy i think for, for well, well, he's he's that's a fair is question is it just odd they're moving too quickly okay then well, you you have to participate in re- reality. So they're banking on all of your emotions getting flooded. So this is where you have to insert logic and you want to write things down on paper. Is it possible for him to actually love me? Does he know me? No, he doesn't even know my middle name. He doesn't know my story. So the love bombing ent- that makes sense. entails idealization. So they're putting you up on this pedestal and it is unearned royalty. Okay. That makes Does a that lot make more sense. sense. And it is a trap because when somebody puts you on that pedestal, it is a setup because they will knock you down, which is what narcissists do. So that's part of what's called intermittent reinforcement. So they praise you and they put you up on this pedestal. Then they turn on you like a pit bull and bite you and knock you off. And then you get confused because it's like, wait, you loved me and you said I was so perfect and you... You respect me, and now you don't. So then you want to scramble to get their approval. Where did again. the narcissists learn to do that? I think. Do they learn it? Um, the big question is how are they made, and no one really knows. I do believe it is a fight or flight system born out of survival from when they're young, and they're rejected by a parent or somebody else. Or they, or management. they, they think that they were. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. I had three men in the past seven years love bomb me, and all three of them took it back. Oh, yeah. That's what they do. Yeah. That's why I said it They're is. Not in and, it and, and to do that to a love addict, because I became a love addict because of my father leaving me, abandoning me at a young age. So it is a deadly combination. And they do future faking, which is we're going to get a house in the Bahamas and I'm going to marry you and I'm going to buy that. It's a fake. I'm so fascinated with this stuff. Yeah, they do future faking and they hypnotize you and brainwash you into an image of a fake future and they get you hooked onto it. So this is where I tell, especially single women, you can't be desperate. Here's the thing. All con artists... You can see a narcissist as a con artist. Absolutely. If you don't have something that you desperately want, nobody can con you into getting it then. If I'm not desperate for love, you can't trick me into it. That's right. So that's where you, for as a woman from a powerful position, if you're insecure and desperate for love, approval, and a ring, and all that other stuff. There are plenty of, uh, there are plenty of healthy, smart, successful, because if you look at the... The average woman that is attract that is that narcissists are attracted to, they are attracted to above average women, smart, successful oh, yeah. women. I mean, it's almost like they get a they get a high yes. off of uh, manipulating somebody who is amazing. These, I mean, there's a lot of amazing women. I mean, granted, I'm a I, good example. Exactly. I'm successful. I don't need a man to take care of me financially. Exactly. But I have a weak spot. Yeah, of course, and. and 
and they capitalize on that. And I let them. How about the fact that, and Cinnamon, I hear what you're saying and I agree with you, but because everybody does need to be healthy because we can't expect somebody else to fill a deficiency, right? Right. And, and that certainly could for somebody who's insecure, but there are lots of secure women and men that get in relationship with narcissists that just don't see it coming because if, because maybe that's what they want. Maybe right. that's, that's what happened to me. Yeah. Maybe that's what you want. And all of a sudden it shows up and, and cause that can happen. Love can happen. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. And the you fairy tale can it. show up. Yeah. It can, Yeah. but, but it, and if we're skeptical and, oh, well, this person may not be healthy or we're doubting people, that's not going to help us either. Right. So I, I think that we've got to understand that they're, they're, we just have to keep our eyes open. Yeah, you just have to be smart about it. Like, so you don't want to go into paranoia. And right. To what you said earlier, if you think about a narcissist is all about how they look. So if they can find a successful, beautiful, it, it, you know, whatever, it makes them look good. They like people because ultimately they don't have their own identity. It's a prefrontal cortex issue. They don't have an identity of their own. So they they want somebody who can be who they know they can never be. And so they'll find a, a very beautiful, attractive, talented whoever, right, and idealize them. And sometimes for that, let's just say like some of the women, women you're talking about, you know, say one is like an attorney and... Maybe most men are threatened by her, but the narcissist comes in and is like, oh, I see you and you're powerful and I love that independent about you and you got your PhD and you're unstoppable. And, and yeah. you know, having said that, some of these narcissistic men, like we're talking about men and women and them, men being attracted men. to, yeah, being attracted to women. It's always there's us. There's a lot of very successful, powerful men mm-hmm. that are narcissists. For sure. So they, they're not lacking you know, greatness. They're not lacking self-confidence. They're not lacking things that they're seeking in other people and, and someone else. Do you know what I'm saying? They well, just, in the brain, they're they feeding are. something though. Well, they're lacking a true identity. They don't really know who they are. So they compensate, um, like you're talking about, they'll compensate with a car or a title or, you know, being a CEO or whatever else, but truly inside they're empty. Perfect. Well, and if you think about that kind of attitude in the, the rising of a success of a CEO or something, there's a lot of business principles that that's how you get to the top. They manipulate, they step on, they get out of my way. I'm coming in. I mean, there's guys that have made it to the top yeah. with that type of You can't of make it to the top being a pushover. You know? No, you, you can't. And so they know how to manipulate and work deals and, mm-hmm. you know, all that kind of stuff. For so sure. this definitely well, more of an advantage. As a for woman, the company, if you will, you know, as a woman looking for, you know, you can't say I need a man to make me happy. I've come to learn that I don't need a man to make me happy. I want a man to add to my happiness. Right. Yeah. Choose. Right. I choose to, I want, you know, and I choose the man to add to my life. Right. Who's I don't say you make me happy. I stop saying that. Yeah. You don't make me happy. I make me happy. You add. To, right. to kind of circle back for the listeners, right? It's like, what do I look out for? Okay. Use your logical system. Is it rational? Like, yes, you're an amazing, beautiful woman, of course. But after three weeks, does this man really know the ins and outs of your soul? Come on. So you have, and and one of the ways to know you're with a narcissist is see how they react to you telling them no. They do not like being told no. They don't like 
boundaries and they constantly push them. That's a that's a good one right there. They don't like boundaries. And wh- how they react to no mm-hmm. is a big... So what are some of those boundaries? And let's, again, I like to get into the real nitty-gritty yeah. of everyday life. So walk us through some examples of what those boundaries well, would be. Or even if you, if you insult them in any way, but I mean, like in, even in a constructive way. You know, mm-hmm. that you they didn't do something right or you'd rather do something else. They take things, a lot of things Very personally, nice. too. Because they're yeah. deeply, horribly insecure. Yeah. So they are allergic to reaction, to rejection, and they react to it viscerally. Well, how about sex? Well, yeah. So, like, if you have a boundary there, right, and you tell this narcissist, I'm not going to do X, Y, Z in bed ever, it, they may at first, you could see it on their face, they may be like, uh, okay, but they're going to circle back around and say, well, but have you ever tried it? And I can make you comfortable. Now it's a big challenge for Oh, them. and they won't stop. <laughs> they mm-hmm. won't. A healthy man will I see say, Wanda's lights going off in yeah. her eyes. <laughs> well, I, the problem like, with oh. women, a lot of women, they think sex is love, and it's not. No. I mean, we, we as a gender need to learn to separate the two. Right. And women think if a guy sleeps with her, oh, he's in love with me. No. That's... So, you know, Wanda, it's interesting because I think that, and that could just be a whole other conversation. You know, maybe our generation does, but it, for the younger generations, they're, they're not, they don't think so. I mean, they're, they're, they're not wired that way. They're not, they're not equating sex with love. They're equating sex with pleasure, their own pleasure and the other person's. And many women are choosing it um, themselves, like they're initiating. I have a lot of guys that tell me, which blows my mind, that they meet women online and women are initiating sex immediately. These are our 40-year-old cougars like us. (laughs) (laughs) Well, just to kind of, just to bring it home. So like they love bomb, idealize you, then they will devalue you. They'll discard you. So they'll leave you. And then they do, the last thing is Hoover. Hoover the, or the vacuum cleaner Hoover. Okay. And so what they do is say they um, devalue you and then they break up with you or they ghost you and then they Hoover. So they suck you back in. Oh God. Text message. And then three week, weeks later, a month later, they, they're almost like stalkers. So sometimes decades later, um, they'll Hoover you back in and they'll suck you back in. I'm sorry. You know what? I went to therapy and what I did was so wrong and I hurt you, but I'm better. Please give me another chance. Listen, this time I'll buy you that engagement ring and they suck you back in and then they do it all over again and they will do it forever. And Wanda, you asked earlier, how do you knock off their narcissistic supply? Uh It's a method called gray rock. The only way you can actually hurt a narcissist and get rid of them is to 100% ignore them. Right. You have to block their Cut them off. Block their emails. Cut off their family. Cut off their friends because they will have third-party people still try to contact you. Jeez. I had one try to hook up with one of my neighbors knowing she might hopefully tell me. And I'm like laughing. So, you know, it's interesting, though, because... <laughs> but it's hard to cut somebody off you love. Yeah. If you are in love with them, you, that is hard. very it, hard to do. But, so there was exactly what I was going to talk about. A lot of times the narcissists are love bombers, right? So they, they come on very strong. Um, one woman actually described a narcissist that she was with as the best guy I ever dated. Yeah. He was the best guy I ever dated. He was so good to me. He knew exactly what to do. The best date ever. And I think women fall into the, that if they're comparing other men to a love bomber, you know, or vice versa. Narcissists can be women. And I have to say that yeah. there are plenty. Oh, yeah. Plenty of narcissistic women. I have two clients dealing with 
the business partners and they they took it to court. So there's two female narcissists trying to. Yeah, ruin women two of my women clients. can be, but yeah. but I do I do think I that, failed that test. <laughs> what, which one? The narcissist. <laughs> the narcissist. Yes, but it's benign. It's a big it's a big topic because I, people get trauma bonded. That's another thing. There's a trauma bond. And so because it's another word for you, trauma oh bond. There's so many, I know. I need to like, I should have a note taking thing well, here. It's Stockholm syndrome from kidnapping victims. So, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Um, yep. Because of that intermittent reinforcement. And so they know they should leave. They're in love with them, but they're like, but he was so nice to me. And they keep thinking because the narcissist blames you for their poor behavior. You keep trying to earn your way back and you are trauma bonded to them. So even when you break up, that's why they can hoover you because ultimately it's like, oh, but I love that person. So how do you, how do you change it? So you've cut them off and now you're, you're, you're not having to deal with their stuff anymore. How do you, what steps do you take as a recovering, uh, you know, person in a narcissistic relationship? The, what is, what is that? The number one thing is you have to communicate with somebody else outside of you, because if you're reliant on your own brain, you're, you got there in the first place and you're going to be stuck in that You'll pattern. get sucked back in. You have to get support around you and tell people, I do not want to be around this person and it's hard. So go get therapy. There are therapists who are very well trained in narcissistic abuse. Yes. And, um, no, it's going to be hard. And the thing is, is, once you've broken up with one or they've left you, you're confused. And the victims Very. get addicted to why, 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 why this happened, how this happened, why. This, and that can actually become a trap. So you have to learn to become unfascinated with your abuser and now become fascinated with you. Heal yourself. Remember who you are. What are your values? And create your standards. So I, like I have a question. Real quick, just to just before hang on to your question. Okay, I'm sure it's I've good, got but it. <laughs> it's very related to what you just said. You know, people need to understand that somebody else's behavior, like that's them, and this is me. My emotions, your emotions. Yeah. So how do I want to feel? Right. right. What? What? Who? Who am I? Not who am I with them? Enmeshment. And yeah. yes, and separating yourself from them. Yeah. Codependents get enmeshed. Yes. You know? So I just have kind of a way to wrap all this up. First and foremost, can they change? No. And second, how do you recognize the behavior if you think you're a narcissist? And then, what are there steps for those people to start thinking yeah. about and going through? Yeah. Um, narcissists don't change. It's extraordinarily difficult. They don't respond to therapy. And what happens when you research it, the therapists say they use the therapy to further abuse. So they just get smarter with how they manipulate. more manipulation. Absolutely. Interesting. That's how, like, um, with serial and killers, they know psychology and they'll flip it. They'll flip it on they'll the They'll even flip the words of the therapist. Absolutely. Yes. She said um, this or he said this. Yeah. Now, if you think you're a narcissist, it's actually very common for somebody who's been abused to think that they're a narcissist because the only way to actually defend yourself against one is to kind of become a gigantic manipulative jerk right sure. back to them. But if you are even wondering, am I a narcissist? You're not. True narcissists, have, they don't think they are. They don't care. <laughs> they, don't think have a, they don't think they have a problem. They're right. not. But... If you have some traits, because sometimes it's like, man, I really turned into a kind of an abusive jerk in that relationship. Go to a therapist and say, okay, I did avoid responsibility and I started to blame shift them and I started to do some bad stuff right back to that narcissist. I don't want to be that way. Help me. And you can you can get help that way. And understand that it's, in, and again, Wanda had said it, um, who, who I am, knowing who we yes. are, uh, because who we were in a situation, in a relationship, 
how we acted, our actions, things we did, things we said may not be who we are. It's just who we became in that particular situation yeah. and separating that, that that wasn't, and if I already, I've already therapied myself because guess what? I know that wasn't me, yeah. right? Yeah. I said this, or I did this, like I'll use traffic, for example, you know, I, I know who I am, but boy, when I got in traffic and I did whatever I did or said, whatever I did to that other driver, like I was, you know, that was That's not who I like, am. It was just no. in response to what happened yeah. in that moment. And this could right? be a complete different other whole other podcast, but that yeah. just means you got hijacked by your fight or flight amygdala system, and that will take over hijacked. who you really are. Yeah. It's a brain hijack. But I it's cover not that. who I am, and it no. doesn't have to change who I am. It is a brain hijack. It is a brain hijack. You know, one of the things I knew about going into this topic is that we could have we could talk about it for hours and hours. Yeah. It's such a big deal, and with social media and everything nowadays with people being being able to post a million pictures and selfies and people becoming so self-absorbed with their life and creating their a life that they want everybody to believe and see and think, you know, everything. It's a golden calf. Yeah. It's, it's uh it is creating, uh, it is creating narcissists and giving them a breeding ground to just grow. Yeah. So I think that we, you know, knowledge is power. We need to be aware uh, your information was great. Thank you. I mean, just I learned a lot today. Is. Thank you. Yeah, you bet. And the last thing I'll say is um, for your folks, just research covert narcissist because the everyday narcissist is something that's called covert. So they're hidden right. and they seem really nice. And the last thing I'll say about a covert is they they don't come off as that big braggadocious, you know, that's an overt narcissist. So the hidden ones like who I got involved with and a few other friends in my life, it's not just about anybody I dated. They're hidden and they will always have a sob story. They'll make you feel sorry for them. That's where the women come in like, oh, they want to love and nurture. But they'll be like this poor, pitiful, little wet puppy on the side of the road that you just want to, how can all these women not love Ugh. you? How come all your those exes cheated on you? You poor thing. They just right. don't understand you like I do. Right. Oh, that's such crap. I okay. have friends who are married to nurses and and, and is a, they don't co-parent, they counter-parent. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's the covert. That's, that's, you know, I know we're running at the end, but that's a big one because they're hidden. Right. And that's that's the main one people run into. Yes. That's why I, I wanted to kind of talk about that earlier. That's where I which, got blindsided. Yeah, yeah. no, it's, it's uh, yeah, and most people do. Uh, okay, so uh, so thank you for being here. Thank you to all thank my guests for having for being me. here. Thank you, Wanda. Uh, a lot. Uh, great topic. And uh, how do we reach Cinnamon? If <laughs> like... Uh, thank you for asking. Um, so I'm on Facebook, Coach Prime um, Mindset, and I, it's nutrition and fitness. I make sure that everybody is healthy enough to operate in life. So I have a big conversation, and then WW for nutrition, your nutrition knowledge is unbelievable too. I mean, it all ties together. Yes. It all ties together with your emotional health. Yeah. Gut health is extremely yeah. important. Yeah. We have yeah. to have a healthy brain and healthy body to have a, a life that we really deserve. Right. Now, do you have a website? I know you were yeah, working on. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's coachprime.com. Okay, and that's I'll, easy. I'll be having courses on narcissism and all these things. So. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Well, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, you bet. Thank you for having me. This week's question for our Dear Jen segment from one of our listeners was, how do you know when it's time to just hang up your hat when you're dating? Things aren't working. You're not attracting the right people. How do you know when it's time to, to just stop? to just put a giant pause in and stop dating and figure your stuff out before you keep uh, keep going and uh, and 
becoming insane because you're you're attracting the wrong person. So I think the answer to that is if you do find that you have a pattern, whether it's attracting the wrong people, uh, attracting the wrong relationships, or if you see that you're attracting a certain pattern, like you're attracting a narcissist or you're attracting unavailable people, uh, you need to recognize the pattern and you need to stop and do the work. Uh, you know, that's the, the, again, the definition of san- insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. We've got to sometimes change what we're doing and what we're going after and what our goal is. So uh, it, it is important at times we change between each relationship, who we are, who we've become, what we've learned, what we want, what we don't want. If we took the time to redefine that in between relationships and took the time to figure out exactly what it is that we're looking for and then start making a concerted effort uh, uh, to, to really, uh, to really ch- change that uh, pattern uh, and to, to change who it is that we're looking for because we do attract what we're putting out there. And we do, you know, we, we are the ones choosing them. It's not somebody else that's choosing them for us, whether it's online dating or in person, we are saying yes to whatever it is. So we need to stop, look at the pattern and start saying at the end of the day, just start saying yes to something different, but we need to know what that something different looks like. So just pauses in between relationships uh, and pauses when things aren't going the way you want them to, to, to actually take a look at what it is that's not working. This is Jennifer. Thanks for listening today. And please subscribe to the podcast. Every single week, we'll have new information. And if you'd like to find out more information or if you have any questions, please go to my website at lovegen.com or you can find me on Facebook at my personal page, Jennifer Styers.